fait, j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner pour te, te demander allô quelque chose quoi Welcome to Arts Week. I'm your host, Candy Hammond, and I can't believe my guest today is someone I've listened to for years, Tom Rush, and he's going to be performing at the Katuit Center for the Arts in Barnstable on December 4th, 5th, and 6th, and you can get tickets to those shows at the arts at artsonthecape.org. I want to make sure I get that right. So, you know, Tom, this is just an, such an incredible pleasure, and, you know, I spent... You know, my high school and college years, for sure, listening to, it was like you, James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, Jackson Brown, and um, never did I ever think that I would get to have a conversation with you. So thank you so much for well, doing this. Well, here we this. are. And thanks, for, thanks for having me on. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was fun. I got to do kind of a deep dive and I got to go back and listen to things and I've you know saw that songs like um is it child song i think yeah that's the one that yeah. can still man that made me cry and in a whole new way at an older age than it did at 18 when i was just leaving home and now it's like oh god no i'm the old one that's <laughs> you know? the funny thing about that song when i first started doing it it was the kids who would cry because it's yeah. about a kid leaving home yeah and nowadays it's the same people, but now they're the parents and their their kids are leaving home. Yeah, man, it's uh, well, you know, we could we could really do something here. And it's like the circle game, you know. That's it's that's what life is, you know. It yeah. just, um No, it's um, no, but so I, you know, I knew a a bit, of course, about you, but it was interesting to start to research and to see, like, you know, that you you know, went to Harvard and it was like, you know, early sixties and you became part of that folk music scene that we all know about. And I, it was quite a scene. It was, I remember yeah. thinking at the time, this is, this is unreal. This is, it can't you be. You knew it even then you could tell. Even then I had a sense. Yeah. It was partly because the club 47, which in my mind was the flagship of the the coffee house fleet mm -hmm. um, was one block from my dorm, which <laughs> yeah. made it very dangerous. <laughs> but the club 47, there were a lot of coffee houses hosting the, the youngsters, myself included. Club 47 was different in that they also brought in the legends and you could mm -hmm. sit in this little 80 seat room and listen to Maybell Carter, Flatten Scruggs, wow. Bill Monroe, a lot. They brought in a lot of the old blues guys. Mm. And there was such a, and they, they were all mostly, not all, but almost all were very approachable. You could go up to mm. Sleepy John Estes and say, how do you do that thing you do? And he'd show you. Mm. It was a lot of interaction between mm -hmm. the legends and the kids. Mm. It was really special. And so did you go away to school already knowing how to play guitar? And being, no, I... You know, I well, I grew up, my dad was a school teacher at St. Paul's School in Concord, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And I was forced to take piano lessons <laughs> as a little kid because my parents both wished that they had taken piano lessons. <laughs> and it was torture. <laughs> my piano teacher's nickname was the Iron Lady before <laughs> Margaret Thatcher took it over. <laughs> I reduced the Iron Lady to tears on several occasions. It was, 
it was so horrible. Funny. It was a horrible experience. How many but, years did you have to take piano? Uh, just 12. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. a long time. All with the Iron Lady? No, no, no. I, oh, I, good. Okay. <laughs> I, was shipped, I was shipped off to Groton School in, in okay. Massachusetts. And the teacher there, you know, I didn't reduce him to tears, but he fell asleep many times <laughs> during the lessons. <laughs> sort of snort awake and say, it's F flat. You know. <laughs> Even in his sleep, he knew. Okay, yeah, catch my mistakes. Um, so anyway, so you started to get basic. So did you? You learned how to read music and all of that. Learned how to read music, which I've not done for decades now. Hmm. But I had an older cousin named Bo Beals who played the ukulele. Hmm. And this guy, in my mind, was a superstar. He could take a lit cigarette, hmm. flip it back in his mouth, dive in the swimming pool, and blow smoke bubbles from underwater. When you're 10, that's huge. <laughs> he taught me how to play the ukulele. And that oh, was wow. that was the, when I discovered the music actually was fun, not just torture. Um, nobody explained to me that these classical pieces I was learning on the piano were great because people actually enjoyed listening to them. <laughs> that was an alien concept. Anyway, Bo taught me how to play the ukulele and then around 14 or so the ukulele turned into a guitar because I thought it was more manly. Uh-huh. And this, this was also the beginning of rock and roll too, I'm sure. Well, I was that, just going to yeah. say this is when the the rock and roll years were happening and I love that stuff. Yeah. And Who didn't want to be Elvis or, you know, Paul well, McCartney? I, I I I I didn't want to be Elvis, but I wanted to be uh, Carl Perkins maybe. Okay. The Everly Brothers. Mhm. Mm but that didn't work out. <laughs> and then I discovered uh, Josh White and fell in love with folk music. Hmm. But when I got to Cambridge, I was told, no, 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 Josh White is commercial. We want ethnic. We want musicians that don't know how to read or write and built their own instruments hmm. out, of, out of scrap lumber. Stuff like that. <laughs> Um, Which are a dime a dozen at Harvard, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a little ironic, all these Harvard kids sitting around t singing songs about how tough it was working in the coal mine. <laughs> but we managed to make up in sincerity what we lacked in authenticity. <laughs> um, I love it. That's great. It was a, it was a funny time. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, there was such great music happening on all different levels. And I remember thinking, oh, this is this isn't normal. Yeah. This, is, this is very special. No, because when, you know, for people who are listening that don't know, I mean, we're talking people like Bob Dylan and Joan Baez and you. And, you know, I mean, this was quite the place to be. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Baez got her start at the Club 47. Wow. It was a jazz club to begin with. And they booked, for some reason, they booked Baez, and pretty soon there were lines around the block. Hmm. And they saw the trend and converted to a folk club. Interesting. That's uh, so interesting. And it took me a while, it took me a while to work my way up to playing at the Club 47. But in my mind, that was the top of the ladder. That was the place to be. When did you, because you talk about you know, learning to play guitar and things, but when did you realize, I mean, you have a, such a beautiful voice. I mean, when did you do chorus at Groton or anything I like that? I did, actually. Yeah. I was in the choir. 
Oh, okay. We had church, church every day and twice on Sundays. And I figured out the choir was my best way to <laughs> get through that. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I had actually, I had, I remember you just reminded me, I could sing alto, tenor, and baritone. Wow, that's sing unusual. Sopranos. Couldn't sing soprano or bass, but they had me ducking down and going from section to section, depending on which section needed another voice. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, your voice, it really, it is so resonant and so beautiful. And Thank and, you. But, you know, yeah, I just wondered how, if you'd had voice lessons or, but it, this is just a Not gift. Really. I was in but, the choir and the glee club. Mm-hmm. So there was a good deal of good deal of singing going on, but mm-hmm. never any formal instruction until quite a bit later on. It was probably 1980. I was doing a show at Symphony Hall in Boston, and it was going to be recorded. And so it's not like being in the recording studio where you can say, "Oh, that sucked. Let's do it again." Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to get it right the first time every, <laughs> and so I actually took some. vocal coaching i remember telling the lady now i don't want to end up sounding like an an opera singer (laughs) she almost fell off her chair laughing (laughs) absolutely that's not gonna danger (laughs) no danger whatsoever that's so funny so i was interested as i was reading about you am i correct in that you were an english lit major is that right which is a musician today (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I graduated with an English lit degree and nobody was lining up trying to hire me. No, they weren't. I'm shocked. <laughs> to read books. So people were actually paying me, not very much, but paying me to get on stage and sing and play the guitar. So I figured, well, I'll do this for a while until I figure out when I what I'm going to do when I grow up. And I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Well, I would imagine having grown up on a campus at a, you know, at a small independent school and your dad was a teacher, that might've been the natural direction you thought you would. Oh, no, 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 no. I, oh, I no, really? Re- I had to rebel. I couldn't <laughs> be a rebel. So. You couldn't be a teacher. How no. did your, I was curious though, because back then, I mean, how did your parents react when you decided, you know, and told them you were going to be a folk singer? I mean, that had to be interesting. Well, I think they thought I was going through a phase. Oh, okay. And they they might have been right. It's just I'm still <laughs> through a phase. <laughs> Sixty years later, <laughs> my mom wanted to know till her dying day when I was going to get a real job. Oh, that's so funny. But, you know, when I when I started getting booked at Symphony Hall, they I think they took a second look and said, "Well, maybe maybe something's going on here." Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. No, I just. Like I said, I just wondered, I thought, you know, here you are at Harvard and, you know, maybe they were expecting, well, this guy's going to end up going to law school or, you know, or med school or, you know, something else. Actually, I wanted to go, I wanted to go to the University of North Carolina. My dad, one of my dad's jobs at St. Paul's was to advise the students as to what colleges they should apply to. Hmm. But when it came to me, he said, no, 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 it's your life. It's your decision. Interesting. So I got accepted at Harvard, Princeton, and the University of North Carolina. And I'd fallen in love with um, skin diving. (laughs) And I had a biology teacher at Groton that was just a superstar. He was 
got me really fascinated with biology. Hmm. So I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh, wow. Combine biology with skin diving. And North Carolina had a really good marine biology department. So I finally went to dad and said, I'm going to go to North Carolina. And at the 11th hour and 59th minute, he said, it's your life. It's your decision. You're going to Harvard. <laughs> oh man! Because oh. he had gone to Harvard and his dad had gone to Harvard. So hmm. he ended up at Harvard. And the introductory biology course there was so bad. Oh. It actually abolished the year after I took it. Wow. But um, it just killed any interest I had in biology. And then the father of a friend of mine, a guy who later became Peter Coyote, the actor. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Peter Kohan. His dad said, well, English Lit's a good background for almost anything. So I signed up for English Lit. And hmm. That's so interesting. I just want to tell listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Arts Week on WOMR. And I'm talking today with um, songwriter and singer and musician, iconic musician, Tom Rush. And, um, you know, that was the other interesting thing was, I think, for the longest time, I assumed you wrote almost all of your songs. And I was surprised that I think it's something like maybe 30 songs out of your 20 or so roughly albums that you've written yourself. Yeah. And no, and what I wondered was, I thought, are you just really, really hard on yourself? Are you your own worst critic when it comes to songwriting? <laughs> no, no, not really. No? <laughs> I, I, I'll let you do that. <laughs> Let the audience tell me it sucks. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I, for the longest time, uh, I was mainly doing other people's songs, usually not well-known songs. When I first recorded Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, and Jackson Brown, they'd never been recorded by anybody. Before. Yeah. Um, and that Circle Game album named after Joni's song um, introduced those three and thereby got me accused by Rolling Stone magazine of having ushered in the singer-songwriter era. <laughs> I deny everything. <laughs> I'm trying to usher in anything. I just needed some good songs because I was two years over to do for delivering an album to Elektra. Mm. Anyway, I, the only song at that point, well, there were two songs on the album of mine, No Regrets, mm -hmm. which was the second song I'd ever written. And went on to be recorded by a lot, a lot, a lot oh, of beautiful, yeah. other artists. And there was an instrumental called Rockport Sunday, which actually has come back now. I'm doing an online series called Rockport Sundays on mm -hmm. the Patreon platform. Go to TomRush.com, folks, and click on the Rockport Sundays button. But it's a little video clip every Sunday morning. They stay up for eight weeks. You can watch them whenever you want. But it's me or a guest and me singing a couple of songs, telling stories. It, they last about 15 minutes. And it's been a lot of fun. I started it at the beginning or early in the pandemic because I really wanted to play for people, but mm -hmm. there was no, no public concerts going on. Right. So I figured, well, okay, I'll play for them on, on their computer screens or their televisions. Mm -hmm. It's a little, it's quite different. I, I yeah. learned early on when you tell a joke to a TV camera, <laughs> it's it not the same. It doesn't, it doesn't laugh. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of good, got a lot of good response from it. 
Yeah, so, no, I had fun going and checking out some of your recordings that you've done, and they're great. And um, and I also want to let people know too that um, you have another album coming out. Um, that any minute be, now. Any, any minute. minute. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll be I'll be at the uh, Katuit Center for the Arts. I'm going to do it in Katuit. <laughs> Three nights. You've got uh, their motto that? down. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah. Of December, I I love the Katuit Center for the Arts. Partly, well, it's a very cool place, and the audience. It is. It's a great, a very, great very venue. Cool, but it's I can do three shows with no traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Only one setup and sound check, and then. Nice, nice. That's all great. I have to do is show up at night, and I'll be playing with Matt Nakoa, who's my mm-hmm. very talented accompanist. He should be playing stadiums, and will be someday hopefully soon although i will miss him mm. and rizzio <laughs> yeah very monica talented. rizzio she um i i know monica she's a wonderful musician and she has oh, a yeah. music school right in the town where i live in orleans oh very cool and, uh, yeah but she'll be joining us for those three nights That's doing, wonderful. A, doing a song or two on her own and playing fiddle and singing harmonies it's going to be a lot of fun yeah tomrush.com folks Okay. Has, a, has a button called shows and if you push that button you'll go straight to a ticket page to it, yeah so and might it. you have your new album ready if for the this shipping if too? the shipping industry does its job mm-hmm. i should have the brand new album maybe maybe for the first nights oh awesome that's and great to it it won't be yeah. out officially out until sometime in january Okay. But I, have some, I have some advanced copies. Oh, nice. Okay. Bring them to the shows. Yeah. No, it's... no, the other, you know, I, I kept thinking about you again. You know, this has been, I mean, it's incredible, Tom, that you have a 60-year career in, business, in music. And I was just, <laughs> I was curious. It's like, you know, kind of how have you changed? And, and how has the you know the business changed i can't imagine the changes you've seen in that time the business is profoundly profoundly different i was thinking of coming up with a t-shirt for next year called the 63rd annual farewell tour (laughs) it could could work it could work it it could work (laughs) very Um, well yeah the changes the changes have been huge back when i started uh, if you didn't have a record deal, you didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So record companies were the ones who got you on the radio mm-hmm. and got you written up in the papers and maybe got you on TV. Right. Without all that, you were invisible. Yeah. The other side, the downside was that I realized after a few years, uh, 10 albums or so, the, the artist from the record company's viewpoint, the artist is a money pump. Mm, and a yeah. very expendable money pump if you're not yeah. pumping enough money they'll just get a new one yeah 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 um, and they they keep most of the money i mean they they get you out yeah. there they get you on the radio but you don't get paid right. very much for your products now now mind you if you have a thousand plays on spotify i know what do you think <laughs> you should get paid i think about a quarter <laughs> i think it should be more than a penny that's crazy yeah that's yeah, just like, my, that's oh, just my, my opinion yo it's it's insane i know it's uh oh 
I've al I've always made my living on stage, so it, it's not a huge deal for me. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you still like touring? Oh yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Yes and no. I love yeah. doing shows. I don't like the travel so much anymore. Yeah. The way I look at it, I play for free. You pay me to travel. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, we'll be putting out this this new one, which will be called "Gardens Old, Flowers New." Oh, I like it which is a line that's in two of the songs. I wrote all the songs on this new project, which I think is my best yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and the line that's in Which two is saying a lot, with a man with this many albums in back, in back of him. Well, yeah. everybody, everybody involved seems to be really excited about it. But there's a line, this garden's old, the flower is new. It's in two of the songs, and that was truncated down to just garden's old, flower's new for the album mm -hmm. title. Um, and it'll be out on CD and LP. The LPs won't be around for another couple of months because it takes forever. It does. Getting back. vinyl now is really, really hard. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the wrong business. I should <laughs> should have bought stock and vinyl records. Who would have thunk? Yeah. <laughs> no, the other thing is, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left because I want to allow time. We want to play one of your songs at the end here. As we, um, but I was curious about like somebody like you that's had such a long career in music. It's like, what do you, what else do you do? What do you do for fun? And I was thinking, I wonder if he binge watches TV shows like the rest of us, or if you have favorite movies or you play pickleball or. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a pickleball guy. You're not a pickleball player. <laughs> yeah. I never watched, I never watch TV unless I'm with my kids or, you know, my friends. Mm -hmm. they're watching tv i'll join them but i don't mm -hmm. just I've on never, your own you won't never turned on the tv in a hotel room ever oh that's amazing wow um so for fun i um define fun i make i'm actually making sculptures little sculptures oh, wow. out of used guitar strings oh wow they're, they're kind of they're kind of whimsical and and fun and i've been auctioning them off or raffling them off at shows for the benefit of the venue oh that's so sweet that's a lot really of the lovely. a lot of the uh, performing arts venues are having a hard time because of covid right, right so i was auctioning off these little it's a piece of stone with some guitar strings wound around and mm -hmm. the way it's a little hard oh, that to sounds describe, great we sold one recently for 1650 bucks for the oh benefit. my gosh for the benefit of the chocolate church in Bath, Maine. Wow, that's um, lovely. So that's what I do for fun. That's what you do for fun. You make sculptures. Well, you make me feel really lazy now that I should not be like spending my time watching Ted Lasso or something. <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> that, that, that's a good show. <laughs> well, I just want to remind people. Okay, so they can find you at TomRush.com, and you can I... sign up for my. You can sign up for my newsletter there. I send out okay. an occasional. Newsletter. An occasional newsletter. You won't well, be inundated. Okay. It started out trying to be monthly, but I couldn't take the pressure. <laughs> so now it's when I get around to it, which is once in a while. I will be sending one out announcing that the new album is now available at concerts. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, that's free. You can sign up for that. Yeah. Or you can sign up. Actually, Rockport Sundays is free for the first week. You can check it out. See okay. if, you like it. if you don't like it, you can bail. Okay. <laughs> Right away, you get access to the previous eight months, eight, eight, eight weeks of episodes. And 
<clears throat> you can click click on the shows tab and go get tickets for the Katua Center for the Arts shows coming right up. Mm-hmm. That's right. December 4th, 5th, and 6th. In case we haven't said it enough times, I think we needed to say it another time. But, Good idea. Uh, but before, okay, so as we go out, um, we are going to be playing your song, Karina. Karina, what can you tell us about that song? It's beautiful. That, it's a... it one of, that's from the Voices album. Mm-hmm. And it's one of two songs on that album that I did not write. It's a traditional mm-hmm. song. There's another one called Elder Green on that one that's also, I didn't want to compromise my folk singer credentials <laughs> by not having any traditional songs. The Good new job. one, okay. Gardens Old Flowers New, has a song where I've written new words to an old blues, traditional blues song. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of traditional there. Oh, that's great. Well, I can't tell you what an honor it has been to be able to chat with you for this time. And um, pleasure. And it's really been lovely. And um, I want listeners to get tickets to go see you at artsonthecape.org and um, and enjoy this song. And thank you. And have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, I look forward to seeing you Thanks. <laughs> in person. Thanks right. for your hospitality. It's been fun. Thank, thank you. Karina, Karina, where you been so long? Karina, Karina, girl, where you been so long? I ain't had no lovin', girl, since you've been gone. I've got a bird to whistle. I got a bird to sing I got a bird to whistle I got a bird to sing I ain't got Corina I ain't got a thing
Corina, Corina, where you been so long? Corina, Corina, girl, where you been so long? I ain't had no loving, babe, girl, since you've been gone. Je n'ai 